go. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Paul Bianchi. And I'm Father Garrett Bachman from All Saints Catholic Church in Dallas, Texas, and this is Raising Saints. Where each week we talk about how we can all lead each other to sainthood. Welcome back, everyone. Father, would you like to get us started in prayer? Of course. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this day. We ask for your blessing upon our conversation. We pray for the grace to raise saints within our families and to allow our children also to help us grow in holiness. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, I'm personally very excited about this week's guest. She's one of my absolute favorite people. It's my wife, Danielle Bianchi, uh, who's with us. So, Hi, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be your first guest. Well, I want to ask you some questions. So welcome, Danielle. And if you would, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. My name is Danielle Bianchi, and I'm a wife to Paul. And we've been married for 13 years and have four beautiful children who are ages 12 down to five. And my educational background is in theology and catechesis from the University of Notre Dame. And so my professional career has focused on faith formation in various parish ministry settings, as well as teaching theology for many years. So this focus of your podcast on growing in the faith as a family, it's really a topic that's near and dear to my heart from not only my professional experiences, but especially from being very much still in the midst of striving to raise our own kids in the faith. Thank you. And so today we're just going to cover. This is sort of our format. When we have guests on, we ask them specifically about how they are working the faith into their family, what kind of practices they have to live the faith in their family. It's an exposition, really, of the domestic church here at All Saints. And so, my first question today is, how have people in your family led you towards sainthood? Well, how much time do we have? <laughs> I, was gonna say, um, I would say on, on the daily, we have that um, opportunity <laughs> to grow in grace um, in the midst of family life. Um, I think as, as any parent knows, uh, kids follow your example for better or worse, what, what it is that you model for them. So I think our approach to kind of leading our family and faith has always been to, um, as much as possible, try to model for our, our kids what a lived adult's faith looks like and to just be, you know, mindful of that responsibility that we have. And um, one example that, that comes to mind is when our oldest was probably in kindergarten or first grade, I had um, come across a, a blog where a, a Catholic mom was talking about how their child preparing to receive the sacraments of reconciliation and first communion had been an occasion for their family to kind of recommit to the, to their own um, practice of the sacraments. And um, that had really struck me. And, you know, I realized that, you know, as we were looking at, you know, beginning the kind of dedicated preparation for our, our son um, for the sacrament of reconciliation, you know, soon, um, it, it was just a point of reflection for me about, you know, how could we emphasize to him 
the importance of this sacrament if it wasn't something that he saw us, you know, regularly engaging in. Because, um, you know, at the time, I would say that, at least speaking for myself, um, I would, uh, you know, participate in the sacrament of reconciliation when the occasion kind of presented itself, you know, if I was on a retreat, um, you know, versus kind of, you know, regularly prioritizing um, making the time for that. So, you know, I look back on that as kind of a big turning point for, you know, our family that, you know, I realized that if this is something we're wanting to teach our children the importance of, then um, it's something that we need to, you know, make time for and, you know, block out, literally block out on our family calendar to, you know, at least go once a month at, as a family so that, you know, they recognize, you know, why this is so important. So, um, you know, just being in, intentional about our practice of the faith so that, you know, our kids can then enter into that as well. About how important the sacrament is that would really convince them of the importance in their own life. Kids go to school and they they know that it makes their parents happy to learn things. And I think parents are really good at providing answers for why academics are important, why studying is important, why math and all of these things. They are regularly motivating their children in these areas. And we do spend a lot of time at the school in all of those things, math, science, etc., writing. But though it's really those stories at home that will reinforce the teacher's message uh, about the importance of reconciliation. The kids don't necessarily, they will not be able to adopt the attitude of the teacher about reconciliation as readily as they would adopt the attitude of parents. And it's just because kids are made to, to follow their parents, as y'all said, to model their parents' behavior. That behavior will be much more easily modeled from parents than from teachers. And so I think I'm really happy to hear you talk about that, that kind of reinforcement at home. Super important. Yeah, I, I know for me, um, in terms of this question of the family leading you towards those things, I've had some really... Um, interesting but not very positive experiences with the sacrament of reconciliation up until when my son received his first reconciliation um i'm talking about like my first reconciliation i gave the priest a high five when he went to absolve me because going through rcia we had never gone through the process and i was good friends with the priest and so he raised his hand to absolve me and i just gave him a high five and he was like what are you doing uh i've had a priest answer his cell phone during reconciliation uh to get um instructions on how to get to a wedding that he was going to after that um yeah no it's comical like uh, th there's been multiple like one time i was out on retreat in the middle of reconciliation and we lost power and the priest was just like that's god's way of telling you how bad you are as a person and i was just like cool i work with this guy like it's just like it's really been a multitude of these kind of experiences and then when my son was re receiving his first reconciliation um the day before that, uh, he and his little sister were in a bounce house and he knocked her out of the bounce house and then went back in the bounce house. Didn't tell us. Um, and then afterwards, I was like, why would you do that? He's like, because I knew I was going to be in trouble. And I was like, but you're in more trouble for doing these things and not talking to me about it. And so the next day we were at reconciliation practice and, and he started crying. And I was like, why are you crying? And he goes, Cause you're going to be mad at me because the sin that I committed was knocking my sister out of the bounce house. And, but it was such a good experience to, to be able to teach him like, no, like I know what you did was wrong, but the fact that you're showing remorse for that 
is good. Like you're looking for reconciliation with me the same way that we look at the when we commit sin, we seek right. God reconciliation, the repairing of that relationship because we've done something wrong. God already knows that we've done something wrong. Um, it's this is just our opportunity to say like, I'm sorry. And so it was really for me a change in my whole attitude about the sacrament was him going through it. We try to reinforce um, all of those sacraments at home as much as we can. Very nice. Yeah. And you bring up a an interesting something that popped into my head. It's I what came into my mind was about the importance of the priest for modeling good behavior. And it's in a sense his job to model merciful behavior. And he does that on behalf of God, on behalf of Jesus, who who in an incarnate way wants to be present to his people and to be merciful. To, to model for, for the people, the prodigal son, which was simply an embrace of the son who had been gone for years, squandered his inheritance. The mercy of Jesus when he had his encounter with the adulterous woman who simply told her, I do not condemn you. And so the priest models that behavior in an incarnate way, just as the parents are modeling that behavior. And I was struck by the similarity about how those two are so connected, the the modeling of behavior of the parents and the modeling of the behavior of, of the priest, of mercy. And if either one of those two pillars is missing, of course, somebody is going to have trouble with reconciliation because it will not be communicating uh, its meaning. And so for this equation to work out and for the good of our kids, we need both of those presences, both of those merciful presences of the family and of the priest. So I want to ask you just, this is a practical podcast and we want practical examples, just mutual uplifting of our families here at All Saints. And so a question I would like to ask is, what are some of the things that you as a couple, as a family, do to enrich your faith lives and the faith life of your church at home, you know, the, the prayer community of your home? Well, certainly we uh, put a big importance on daily family prayer um, to both start and um, end our day and, you know, hopefully to communicate the idea to our kids of, you know, trying to just sanctify, you know, our day at the beginning of the day to offer our day to God, um, as well as then at the end of the day, look back on, you know, the blessings with, with gratitude and um, an occasion to look ahead to the next day as well for, um, you know, any particular um, graces that we'd want to ask God for. Um, so you know, on a practical level, what that looks like in the mornings is, is honestly, it's usually on the ride to school. You know, everybody at that point is contained and <laughs> strapped in car seats and um, that. So, um, so that's something that we do on the way to school in the morning. And then, you know, certainly in the evening before, um, bedtime is when we, you know, gather again for prayer. Um, in terms of practices beyond that, one of the things that is, is my favorite practice that we do right now as a family is, um, on Saturday evenings, you know, usually when we're having dinner is, um, read through the Sunday gospel 
you know, for the next day together. And, um, you know, then we have a time where um, the kids can ask questions for anything that, you know, that confuses them in the reading, you know, for instance, um, as well as share like what stood out to them in the readings and why. And um, I found that it is um, really just a, a, a fruitful occasion for, you know, diving into the scriptures together and, you know, learning from each other's insights. You know, I, I learn something from our kids absolutely every time, you know, from what they share and hear in the readings. Um, and then, you know, certainly it also functions as preparation for all of us to then be more engaged in the mass the next day. And, you know, oftentimes then, you know, one of our kids will you know, say something when they hear the gospel read, or, you know, this is what we talked about last night, or, you know, or, um, you know, then, you know, maybe circle back to like what stood out to them from the homily. So, um, you know, scripture is a big point of focus for both Paul and I. And so, um, you know, that's something that, you know, I really enjoy doing with our kids to um, just kind of build that um, practice of engaging with the the Sunday scriptures. Yeah, I would say, um, those things are all extremely important. And then the other thing that, that I think that we do that that's really important or impactful with the kids is we have a, a book, the um, Catholic Household Blessings, that on special occasions like their birthday, baptismal anniversaries, uh, saint name, name saint days, which whichever way you want to, you know, um, feast days uh, based on their names. We do a uh, prayer and it's got prayers that are in it. We've got holy water that they make the sign of the cross on each other's foreheads. And they really love doing that. And I think that's a really good way to remind them that uh, the importance of their baptismal days, the importance of their names and the, the meaning of their names. I know that's something that uh, you and I have talked about pretty regularly is like how important uh, the name is and the meaning of that name. Um, and going back through all of our faith history that names meaning so much uh, about people. Um, so we do that as part of um, our, well, more yearly ro- routine based on the time of the year that we're in. So, What kind of support or how would you like to speak to parents who would like to pray, but they're combating behavior, uh, behavior in their children that is not conducive to prayer? And so they feel like they're hitting a brick wall. What what would you say can can get them just practically speaking because some parents are out there and they would love to whatever, pray a decade of the rosary, to pray with their kids, but they can they can't they cannot get to that side where they they feel that the behavior of their children is suitable or is prepared for that kind of prayer time with the family. Um, I definitely believe in the approach of kind of meeting kids where they are and, um, you know, kind of taking the long view of, you know, how can we kind of, you know, slowly work towards, you know, um, you know, what, whatever is the, the end goal that you have in mind, like you mentioned, like a decade of the rosary. Um, and so certainly um, it, it depends on, you know, the kids is age, current ages, as well as, like you said, you know, various personalities or temperaments. And so um, I think looking at it as, you know, even starting with, you know, a Hail Mary is, um, is a genuine offering, you know, to God in a way to, you know, begin that practice, you know, especially if it is kind of starting new with family prayer is, you know, um, kind of taking a, a slow approach to, you know, how do we kind of invite our kids to be part of this? Um, 
I think one of the beautiful things about the Catholic tradition is that there's so many different spiritualities. And so um, I, I think if parents are looking for a place to start, um, kind of inviting their children into how they pray, I think it would be helpful. You know, so, you know, if a parent, you know, has a has a genuine devotion to the rosary and, you know, the children see the parent, you know, engaging in that practice regularly that, you know, um, I think it's likely that um, the kids would somehow want to be, you know, a part of that. Um, so maybe, you know, inviting them into, you know, this is how I pray or, you know, this is how, you know, I connect with God, you know, can I teach this to you, I, I think can go a long way to, um piquing children's interest <laughs> into that, you know, or, you know, whatever is the particular devotion or, you know, if there's a certain novena that um, you enjoy praying a, a, as a parent to kind of share that with your kids and invite them into it. Um, getting back to the practical, <laughs> like you said, from a parent standpoint that I think, um, you know, it can be if there are younger ones who are, um, you know, kind of doing their own thing by the side, you know, as long as it's not completely irreverent or, or disruptive to the process, you know, I don't personally don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, as parents or, you know, as older children kind of, you know, continuing with your recitation of the rosary or, you know, whatever it is, um, it, you know, and that way they still see you prioritizing that time and engaging in it and that, you know, they can rejoin, you know, as, as they are interested in, um, because I think just setting that example and that routine, it can go a long way to then as they develop mentally are able to um, join in. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I mean, I think the routine is the biggest thing. We have four kids that are four different ages with four different personalities. The containment factor of being in the car and doing morning prayer that way uh, really helps because it builds um, repetition. You know, it's always that when we're getting in the car, we're going to do prayer. And then it's their intentions, which is a little bit easier for them sometimes, depending on their age, to be able to say, this is what uh, I am asking for to God uh, or what I um, what, what I desire, um, which I think is an easier way sometimes than the repetitive prayer, because repetitive prayer, I think, for younger kids can be either really good if they get it or it can be really distracting if they don't. Um, but I think the the. Um, pattern building the pattern of doing it every morning in the car or something like that is a really easy way to do things absolutely and i'd like to encourage parents the image that's coming into my mind is at mass mm. and at mass we have a lot of very good parents who bring their kids to mass and we see them modeling behavior for really the rest of the christian life for the rest of the prayer time that can happen at at home and they show up, which is number one. So in other words, they've set, they've already set aside some amount of time and then they do their best. You know, not everybody's going to not have wiggles that day. Not everybody is going to not scream. It's just, it is what it is. They're kind of, they, they know that they're doing the best they can. They know that, that their children may not all have prayer hands or whatever their expectations are. And so I think the way that translates into the home is the same, is just showing up, first of all, and then setting aside expectations of behavior and thinking very long-term. Danielle mentioned long-term thinking. And I would just encourage parents who are listening to think in terms not even of months, but perhaps of years in terms of expectations of behavior, because it may take a child using the example of the decade of the rosary, 
if your if your goal is to pray a decade of the rosary each day as a family, it may take years for you to for you to see kind of the full arc of behavioral change. But if there is not if there's never that daily commitment to just show up, then there's no beginning of that arc of that one or two year long arc of of prayer. And so I really want to encourage parents who are listening to begin to first of all begin and then set aside their expectations of behavior and choose choose a prayer practice and just stick with it and speak to other families about how they can stay motivated. Yeah, perseverance in prayer. Perseverance in prayer. Mm -hmm. So what kind of resources does your family use that you would recommend to others? I'm just going to say the chosen for for me. (laughs) Like, I love the chosen. Everybody should watch the chosen. There's an episode of Jesus and the Little Children. Uh, It's a great place to start with your kids. And that's all I've got to say. (laughs) (laughs) I will echo that. Our whole whole family is uh, big fans of The Chosen. So if you haven't um, checked that out yet, please do. Can't recommend that enough. But um, other than that, I would say in terms of resources, actually, I would say the Bible. And so to um, kind of explain that a little bit further, um, as I mentioned before, um, you know, Paul and I both have a deep love of scripture and, um, you know, with kind of our primary focus being on, you know, helping set our kids up for a a lived adult faith. um, I think biblical literacy is, um, you know, a huge priority for us and um, just introducing kids to the actual real full text of the Bible as as soon as possible. So, um, you know, uh, certainly children's Bibles have you know, a, a very real value um, to them. You know, we own more than probably I can count. Um, but I think as much as possible, you know, having children hear the text of, of the actual real Bible, um, you know, because by definition, children's Bibles are always, um, you know, interpretations and, you know, um, stories. So, um, you know, having a Catholic Bible in the home that's accessible, you know, um, you know, as opposed to like a keepsake Bible, you know, like certainly those can be, you know, put away for safekeeping, but, you know, having one that, um, you know, is just out and accessible, you know, for even the kids to peruse through and um, to learn how to use, how to, how to read it and how to interpret it and ultimately how to pray with it. Um, for the parent perspective, because I understand that sometimes, you know, um, you know, depending on level of formation, you know, sometimes, you know, even adults in the church can feel um, maybe not confident in their understanding of, of scripture. Um, I highly recommend the, the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible. Um, it, it's an amazing resource. It, it's scholarly, but in an in an accessible way. And so I think that, you know, can help to have a resource there for parents, you know, if you want a little bit of extra background to feel a little bit more confident in kind of helping your kids kind of, you know, unpack certain um, scripture stories. And then um, from the kid perspective, the um, St. Mary's Press has a Catholic children's Bible that is the full text of um, the Bible for kids. Um, and that's in our family, the go-to gift for first communion um, that we gift each of our children, one of those. So it's a Bible of their very own and, you know, get them the Bible tab so they can learn how to, you know, find the different books and um, to just kind of begin that practice of, you know, this is your own um version your own copy of the bible to you know begin to read and pray with and um to just learn from thank you 
Thank you for sharing. And what struck my mind is the importance of stories. And I think as Catholics, we have two beautiful sets of stories. We, of course, have the scriptural stories and we have the stories of the saints. And I just want to speak about the importance of repetition. And I think you referenced this, but children need repetition. And we see how they rewatch movies over and over and over again. And even Blue's Clues, which was designed by editors, I'm sorry, by educators, would simply play the same episode over and over again. And the kids don't lose interest. And so the reason why I bring that up is because of the importance for parents is as well as the whole church, to repeat the stories of the church, to repeat the stories of our saints, to repeat the stories of scripture. St. Joseph is a completely fabulous and rich, and by by that I mean, sorry, Joseph from the Old Testament is a rich story that seem, seemingly has no end to its depths, just as an example of a, of a scriptural story. To repeat those stories and ask and make sure our kids, like you said, are literate in those stories, that they themselves can tell the whole story of Joseph, of the particular saints uh, that each family has chosen for their patrons. Yeah, I had mentioned last week that one of the resources that we've also looked at a lot is the Saint Stories for Kids podcast, which is great. And the kids always want to listen to the same ones over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they've got great little stories that go with the little bios of each saint, um, which I think is something that you're right. Uh, you know, having the stories of scripture, but then also we're very blessed as Catholics to have this great, rich tradition of these great people uh, who have come before us that we can model our lives after, who modeled their lives after Christ. Um, and I think that's a wonderful tool for parents to use as well. Um, there And there's hundreds, probably thousands of saint stories for children, for families to read, to pick up books that they can find. Um I know we've got the one recently about the saints around the world uh, that the kids really like. It's got beautiful artwork inside of it. And there, there's a, a Bianchi in the book, which our kids really attached to right away. They were like, oh my gosh, this person has the same last name as us. And so they were really excited about it. So yeah, there's a lot of great resources on the saints out there. Very nice. And I want to thank you, Danielle, for your presence here on the show. We Continue here at All Saints to want to reach out to particular families to be able to share the stories of our own raising of saints. And we just ask for God's continual intercession for your family, for the families around All Saints. Is there any closing message you'd like to give to our parents? And you can just you can just encourage them, just say, you know, it took a long time for me as a mother, but I'm still <laughs> I'm still trying. You know, just something nice to to say to the parents. <laughs> yes, well, thank you for having me again. I'm honored to to be your first guest on the podcast. And um, in terms of a, a message to any families listening, I would say that you know, by virtue of the fact that you are listening to a podcast about raising your family in the faith, um, you know, obviously shows the um, the desire that you have there to prioritize this for your your family life. And so, um, you know, certainly want to acknowledge that. And you know, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the value that there is in, you know, persevering through the efforts that you are um, pouring into your family to just ultimately pass on the love of Christ that you have for your kids and um, just to not forget the value that there is in that for them to see 
and learn from, you know, the love of Christ that you have and um, to, to focus on that above all, I think. Yeah. And I was just going to say, um, you know, <laughs> as much as it, we, we don't have it all figured out. Um, our life is, is a, a beautiful version of chaos every day. Um, and it's wonderful. And uh, we are very blessed to have amazing kids. Um, Danielle is an incredible wife and an incredible mother who models the faith so well for our children. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're, it's a work in progress every day and we're trying our best as parents. Um, so what I would say um, for everybody who is taking the time to listen, um, don't be discouraged if you're not doing all of the things. Um, because I think a lot of times as parents, we put too much pressure on ourselves to be perfect, um, to try to raise our children perfectly. And, um, you know, this is a process. The reason why we talked about this as raising saints is because we're all working towards forming, uh, each other, uh, as husbands, as wives, as children, as parents, uh, it's a process and it's not something that we we're going to accomplish, uh, overnight. Very good. Thank you, Father, uh, for kind of hosting this one and leading those questions. And Danielle, thank you so much for being our guest. Would you like to lead us in a closing prayer as we head out of this week's episode? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this day. We ask for your intercession for our families here at All Saints. We especially ask for the intercession of St. Joseph the foster father of Jesus and the protector of Mary. We ask for Mary's intercession who loved her child all the way to the cross and for the whole Holy Family that that we would model their behavior and that we would live as saints here and join you forever in eternity through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this week's episode of Raising Saints. Join us again next week as we do a special episode from Out at the Pines Catholic Camp. So uh, we look forward to uh, not seeing you. I don't know why I always say that. Just cut all of this stuff. Thanks, everybody, for listening. God bless. (laughs) 